0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike, where we review beers you have to try before you die.
1: And hello to episode 23 of Craft Beer Bucket List. This is Mike. I've got Big Ray across the mighty Mississippi. How you doing, Ray?
0: I am fantastic, buddy. How are you doing tonight?
1: Fairly good. We're recording here on a Saturday. It's... Um, what,
0: about a couple weeks into this
1: COVID-19 business? And oh, yeah. It's getting... It's starting to get a little lonely.
0: I know, right? So I've been doing my absolute best to... Uh, I don't want to say self-quarantine, because I'm still in the house with my family. But we've absolutely limited all of our travel away from the house. So we got to do our part to lower the curve, right? Or flatten the curve, they call it.
1: That's right, flatten the curve. We... Found out this morning that they had the first case within our county here in Madison oh, County, Kentucky. Yeah, so up until now, there's been no cases in our county. There's been quite a few in Kentucky overall. But so, and then people are getting real stupid with some of the comments because, you know, it got shared on Facebook and whatnot. And then people are like, we demand to know who it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, nothing's going to change. You know, you just got to do your part. You know,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, you it, know, HIPAA. Laws and privacy and whatnot. You know, you don't want right. to give up that information. Right,
1: and, and, and here's the other part: being a bully is not going to help anything. So, a thing. It's interesting to see all that, but you know, uh, I went to the grocery store this morning just with one thing. I needed a head of lettuce. That's all I needed. Anyway, so I just walked around. I'm just like, you know, hey, let's see what's going on here. Like, there are no gallons of milk. There is no bread. Or no, not sorry. There's plenty of bread. There's no toilet paper. This is like. People are like losing their minds. It, blow, it, it blows my mind. People are just buying everything. So, and uh, one thing I noticed is chicken breast, which was like a dollar a pound or something like that, and is now like 450, four fifty, four ninety nine a pound or something. So, wow, it's already having an effect. Yeah, but you know, because I was gonna, you know, if, if they had some chicken, I'd, I was gonna get it. I mean, we're not in desperate need, so I just kind of passed. I was like, well, we'll see what happens. So, right. Yeah, it's so uh, anyway, it's just people, you know, you don't go to the bathroom any more or less now that, you know, the quarantine's in place, but people are acting like it's going to just be, you know, the end of the earth is nigh. But boring, 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 boring. Let's talk about something exciting, 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 like the beers we're having.
0: Yes, so uh, this for us is going to be another IPA episode, Mike. Those always make me happy. You know, I'm an IPA guy. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to be sharing an IPA from the Deep Ellen Brewery out of Dallas, Texas.
1: Yeah.
0: I've got an IPA from uh, Telesto Brewing uh, from the Modern Times Brewery in San Diego, California. And you've got the Tin Roof IPA or the Tin Roof Haze from, uh, is it the Haze Melee Brewery or is it just the Melee Brewery?
1: No, it's, no, it's uh, the Haze Melee from Tin Roof Brewing.
0: Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so on Saturdays, I don't read the best for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I guess to you know to tell the listeners out there, we've got kind of a, a little PowerPoint presentation that we put together to kind of make sure that we stay on task. Uh, and I, you know, so we've got that put together. And uh, this morning, uh, we talked about doing this podcast tonight, and we had some time, so this this podcast was put together pretty quickly. Uh, so the storyboards, uh, I'll say bare bones. Is that the right word? It's a bare bones storyboard for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, a little bit fewer details on here than what we normally have. It helps that, uh, you know, both of us have visited uh, deep element Dallas before. So we already have some yeah. firsthand knowledge there. Uh, but for the other two beers, like this is a first time drink for me. I was happy to find a California beer at one of uh, my go-to spots here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And so I try to get as much beer from around the country as possible to review. And then, of course, you know, yours is out of uh, Louisiana, I think, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's out and of I Bat think you're telling me that
0: the Tin roof Brewery, uh, they, they might not have as much information about their, their brewery as some others uh, do available online. So it just yeah. kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the other beers. But um, the Deep Elm beer... We've both been the brewery, and they had a good about good information online, but we've both been there, so we know what it's all about. You want to tell us a yeah. little bit that about that brewery?
0: No, absolutely. So if you guys haven't heard of Deep Ellum or uh, haven't made it to Dallas, it's kind of a district, if you will, inside of the Metro. And in years gone by, it was just a seedy place. It was somewhere you didn't go. And after the Deep Ellum Brewery opened in 2011, it really changed the face of that district. It's now kind of a... I don't want to say yuppie, if you will, but it's a place where a lot of your more trendy or hipster type folks will hang out. It's very artsy and very cool. And the brewery kind of led the way for the new, you know, tone, if you will. And it's really brought things back up towards a place. It's a destination spot now. If You get to Dallas, it's just cool to go to the deep Ellum area. So kudos for the brewery for literally changing the face of a neighborhood. So they are proud to be. No, go ahead, Mike.
1: I was gonna say, and now they've attracted.
0: There's a couple other breweries in that area too, right? oh uh, there are. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember other names that were there. We visited, I think, four or five in that general vicinity um, after we went to Deep Ellum. But all, all the same thing. They all had you know one great beer, which I like, and they all had a cool artsy vibe to it. You know, one thing I like about those, it kind of opens the door for everybody. Um, where you definitely have a couple of certain crowds that visit there. Still, it attracts you know a large diverse array of, of folks to come in, and I enjoy that. So, again, kudos to Deep Ellum for being, and they're the first craft brewery in Dallas also. So they kind of paved the way for everybody else in that you know part of the country. Now, there's a ton of breweries there now. Even if you go the west side out to Fort Worth, there's a handful of breweries out there.
1: Yeah, so what I remember about Deep Ellum is we went in, and it's kind of got a, um, what I would call like a, a rock music kind of vibe? Does that sound right? And then No,
0: it does. No, absolutely kinda of like the punk scene, if you will. Yeah.
1: And then so you go in and they had some they had some music going on, some live music inside, if I remember right. Um it wasn't my type of music, it was that kind of like that rock punk rock kind of stuff, which is which is fine if you listen to that. It's just not my preference, right? Um so we got beers and then we went outside and they had an acoustic Uh, Like a a, was it a two or three piece band, acoustics type setup out there, which was a little bit more, it was like seventies more laid laid back back rock, right? Yeah. Um, And we kind of hung out there, but uh, and and I don't remember specifically. I'd have to go back into the archives because that was a a couple years ago. Um, I mean, I remember enjoying my beer. I don't remember. I think. If I remember right, you can kind of correct me, it was hot as heck inside, right?
0: Yeah, it was. You know, mind yeah. you, we were there at the end of July, so it's just brutal hot in Texas that time of year. Uh, but I was surprised, you know, compared to other breweries that are built in old warehouses and whatnot, they had like a, a really nice setup. I expected that the cooling system to have maybe generated a more friendly environment as far as temperature goes, but it's a spot that's always full of people. And so, of course, that, that plays into it. and A lot of doors open in and out. So it may have just been a, a bad day or just a lot of people. I don't know. But I still remember it being uncomfortable. Me being a bigger guy at that heat is just kind of like, Uh, uh But it, it did take away from the experience a little bit for me. But it was still cool enough we hung out. I think Yumi and, and Jody had probably a couple of beers each, maybe three. We hung out for a while. Yeah,
1: and I remember the, the other part I remember specifically was – you know the, their logo is that that smiley face, but instead of the smile, it's got the sideways beer bottle. Right. And I remember, you know, like the it's because it's a bigger place, and from even from the outside, big park, and you can see that that their logo, you know, big and small, everywhere around that area. So I mean, you can see it from a mile away, kind of thing. But overall, you know, I, I remember. Uh, if I remember right, you know we had a good experience with our beers, um, you know, and and it was it was packed, and it was packed because they have good beers and they got a cool vibe and all that. Um, so Ray, it, it comes that time on the podcast where I have to do this.
0: Oh, oh, oh! He did it.
1: Yeah. So we're we're having. So the other thing about uh, that I always try to remember to do is go find these folks on social media, DM them. You can find them uh, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh, at Deep Elm Brewing, and it's Ellum is E L L U N, so Deep Elm Brewing. Uh, Ray, we've got the Deep LM IPA. It's right in front of us. Do you want? Have you already cracked yours? No. Let's hear it.
0: All right. Sounds so good.
1: It does. Sounds delicious. The. um... So the Deep Bellum IPA, it's 7% ABV. It's got um, a balanced mix of hops. The hops included in here are Citra, Amarillo, Chinook, Palisade, and Columbus. So they've got, you know, they've got one, two, three, four, five different uh, hops, five different varieties of hops that are going to be in here, and it have got a pretty good balance to it. Um, It sits at 70 IBUs, so it's going to be a little bit more uh, higher on that that bitterness scale for for the IPA folks. Um, My first my first couple drinks of it, uh, while you're cracking, man, it's it's really it tastes really good.
0: No, I have to agree. You know know, I'm an IPA guy. I'm a hophead. You know what? I like the high IBU count on this. I think 60. It's like a solid mid-range, 60 IBUs for an IPA. This is a little more punchy than that. But this blend of of hops is phenomenal. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Citra and Amarillo hops. Uh, Chinook is one I'm not as familiar with as others. Uh, Palisade and Columbus, of course, are great hops as well. But this blend is fantastic. It's, uh, It's not overbearing at all. It's not too hoppy. It's still smooth and easy to drink. It's got a fantastic aroma to it. But those hops hit you right in the tongue up front. And dude, I love that that bold, bitter flavor. This is really, really what I want from an IPA. Yeah, so the, the as I smell it, it's, it's got a very light smell. So I, I don't know if
1: it's just me or if it's, I'm not smelling as good today or whatnot, but it's got a very light, faint smell. Maybe... A little bit of pine tree-ness, but that's, I mean, it's,
0: but the, the yeah, taste, some... go ahead. No, it's got some piney aromas about it, but no, I, I don't get like a huge, you know, like punch in the nose hairs or anything with it, but I can, you can definitely smell the hops. I mean, I can't anymore, and I like it, like a lot. It's, I really like that hop, hop aroma. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, it makes me happy on the inside.
1: With, you know, I kind of get a, the the citrusy, zesty, citrusy aspect of it, but not as bold as like a grapefruit. Maybe a little bit more tamed back, like an orange or something like that. Uh, with, with that, you know, that little like I said, you know, citrusy notes to it. Um, but you know, something that I pick up on is it's the, the carbonation is very well balanced with the with the rest of the beer, you know, it's, it's well done. I I think overall for me as as a non-IPA connoisseur, (laughs) as yourself, I think this is a pretty good IPA for somebody who's not always drinking IPAs, right? This is, it's got just enough of the, of the bitter, just enough of the, the mellow taste that, that, that I think it does well overall.
0: No, I agree. Uh, I think this is going to speak to a lot of IPA drinkers' palate. It's going to deliver again that bitter that they're looking for, and it does have a nice citrus blend to it. It's not overbearing, but I'm definitely getting some orange zest, if you will. Maybe a uh, yeah, a lot definitely with the citrus. I'm going to say go with orange versus a tangerine or grapefruit that you might find in other IPAs, and, and I think that speaks to the citrus and the Amarillo hops that they use in this. You know, citrus hops are, are known for being a little more citrusy. And you know, I think maybe some of the other hops may have toned it down a bit, which is nice. It's a nice change of pace. Uh, but well well balanced, you know, with the hoppiness and the the fruity stuff. Not fruity is not the right word, but the citrusy notes. Yeah. So good balance with hops and citrus. There, now I said it right. And, you know, it's, it's
1: got just enough of the, um, the malt uh, backbone. Um, it plays well with all that too. So, you know, it's it's a very good IPA. You know, is, is it is it super high in the IBUs? No. Is it gonna is it super high in ABV? No. You know, but it's also it's you know it's 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 perfectly balanced. It's gonna be a lot like the um, what I feel is a lot like that West Six IPA that we had with the beer babe Jess on the podcast. Is it you know? It just it's a it's a good you know middle-of-the-road IPA. You know, it's not going to be super high on anything, uh, not super low on anything. It's just, you know, sitting there, ready to be consumed, and ready for the average IPA drinker all the way up to the connoisseur. Everybody can enjoy it.
0: Oh, it's definitely a crowd-pleaser. Yeah.
1: You
0: know, I kind of like that. And even the carbonation on this, mic, for me, is on point. Uh, I'd say it's medium, mediumly carbonated, medium carbonation, however you want to say it. Yeah. And uh, I kinda so. like you get like a not an aftertaste, but you get like a tingle on your tongue after you swallow your beer mic. Oh yeah. Yep. Love that. Yep.
1: So what, what kind of food would you what kind of food would you pair with this?
0: Anything, Mike.
1: <laughs> Anything, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a bowl of lucky charms.
1: I'm gonna disagree. No,
0: <laughs> <possible>.
1: <laughs> wow. No, uh,
0: You know, IPAs, I always go for red meat uh, or something like this. I mean, this is just such a good all-around beer. Uh, I want something a little more hearty with this, and I'm going to cover the spectrum. You know, a good bratwurst, uh, a gastropub style burger, uh, a steak. Like, I wouldn't pair, you know, a a filet mignon with this or a nice porterhouse. Um, You know, prime rib would be really good with this, even. You know, big thing of mashed potatoes and a huge dinner roll, like 8,000 carbs, because why not? I really so think a little more, more, heavy with this.
1: Sure, I really think this would pair well with some smoke sessions, pulled pork, barbecue sandwiches.
0: Oh my gosh, yes! So, man, you know our buddy Chad <laughs> is in Royce. I'm gonna go on like a nerd on some smoke sessions barbecue, Mike. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I open the door. Party. You're gonna have
1: to walk through it and no. shout the shout the message.
0: Oh, I will. I'll climb high on a, on a mountain and scream at the top of my Ray Ray lungs. Uh, no, but our buddy chad we've known this guy probably 15 years at this point or more um, but he opened a a barbecue you know food truck i think maybe three years ago and he's building a brick and mortar restaurant now but this guy is when i say nerd i mean he nerds out like science guy type stuff on how he smokes his meat like i've learned so much just from talking to him about how he prepares his food um you know i'm a guy that travels the country i'm a yelp elite and I've eaten all the big name barbecue joints in the US. And Smoke Sessions is in my top three all-time barbecues, like anywhere. Like for me, it's that good. Pulled pork is phenomenal. His brisket for me is like second to none. I just, he's got, even with his food truck, he has what, two 30-foot long smokers that he had custom built yeah. to keep up with the demand. And he's in Royce City, which is on the far east side of Dallas, he's not really even in the metro where it's busy. He just gets that kind of traffic.
1: Yeah, so he was featured, and I don't know, I'll have the name of this wrong, but he was featured in like the Texas Barbecue Monthly uh, one month, and it continues to make like these top Texas barbecue lists, right?
0: No, yeah. Um, On the regular, he's published in in some sort of article, or a food magazine in Texas. I know more than once he's even catered, what's that that big race at the Texas Motor Speedway, I think it's Justin? Uh, Yeah. He gets called up to go do that. Um, there's been several barbecue festivals he's been invited to. Um, it's an invitation only to go and, you know, set up and present food there. And he's in with other big names in Texas. So, I mean, he's really, really done well for himself. And rightly so. I mean, he's uh, just a, a food nerd with barbecue, and he does it right. He's very passionate about the meat that he gets. Uh, even his sausages, like his beef sausages are huge, and he has them custom-made, his own recipe. And uh, his turkey is great. Him and his wife make their own barbecue sauce. And uh, it's just, it's killer, dude. Like, even his macaroni and cheese is smoked. He smokes his mac and cheese. <laughs> and, and you can tell, it's delicious. I've eaten a ton of them.
1: So, so um, before we go to commercial break here, I'll just say that two things. Number one, Smoke Sessions Barbecue is in Roy City, Texas. It's uh, just in just on the edge of downtown Roy City. I would recommend any of their food, honestly. But I would specifically pair this with some pulled pork sandwiches, this Deep Ellum IPA.
0: Overall, yeah, I I'd give it a deep... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think your idea is a hiccup a lot better than mine.
1: I was going to say, I'd probably give this, this Deep Ellum IPA a 7 out of 10. Um, it, it, yeah, and the only reason I didn't rate it higher is, I, don't, I mean, I think it's good. Uh, I just don't think it's anything super special. Um, so 7 out of 10 goes on the list. Uh just doesn't go uh, ahead of, you know, anything that's going to be uh, really special.
0: No, that makes sense. I mean, I, w- I would give this an 8 out of 10, honestly. And uh, for me, because it has a, s- a slightly higher IPU count than normal for an IPA, that really speaks to my taste, bros. And it's just a rock-solid, crowd-pleasing IPA. Um, have I had better? Yes. And, but I've had a lot more that are way worse than this. So this is an easy, you know, go-to beer for me. If I see it at the counter of my local, the beer house or distributor, uh, I drink a ton of these. I think they're great. So easy eight out of 10 for me. And I, I've, I've got to switch, man. I've got to get away from the beef there. I want some of Chad's, you know, in Smoke Sessions, barbecue, a pulled pork sandwich, or even a, a rack of ribs them, Or even a smoked turkey. Maybe we'll leave the beef out of this one and uh, pick on some other farm animals.
1: <laughs> all right, so before we get a commercial break, the Deep Elm IPA, you can find them at Deep Elm Brewing on all the social medias. We rate this a 7 and an 8, so an overall a 7.5 out of 10. We say we're going to pair it with some Smoke Sessions barbecue of some sort. We'll see you after commercial break. Ray, you and I both love to travel. Something I love to do is visit national parks. Uh, and state parks, right? Sure, sure. What's your uh, what's one of your favorite parks? So my favorite park is Yellowstone. I yeah. absolutely love it.
0: It's pretty iconic parks. park. Very yep. iconic. What's your
1: favorite national park, Mike? I, I, I gotta say it's probably the Grand Canyon. Uh, it's just the, the feeling you get when you look out across it, it's just amazing. It's incredible, um, right? But so the, the reason I'm bringing this up is I, I just want to uh, cue everybody in to a, a very cool nonprofit initiative called Parks and Pints. P-A-R-K-S-N-P-I-N-T-S. So Parks and Pints, it's combining our love for beer and combining our love for parks. They do a lot of different things to raise money to conserve, educate, and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to encourage everybody to go check them out. Uh, you can buy swag and support for cause and all that kind of stuff. It's at Parks and Pints on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit parksandpints.com. All right, well, welcome back from that commercial break. Ray, what are you drinking over there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, USA?
0: I'm drinking a beer. R U N. Oh, man, that's a great song. Garth Brooks and George Jones. Good stuff.
1: Possum. Awesome. What beer are you drinking, yo?
0: So, of course, it's an IPA episode. I've got an IPA but I'm drinking one from Modern Times Brewing out of San Diego, California. Uh, they're a brewery that opened in May of 2013. And their first beer went on tap on June 24th of 2013. So good for them for the quick turnaround time. And uh, so they've been serving great beer ever since. I got to say this, though. They became California's ah, California's very first employee-owned brewery in 2017. That's cool. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. So, if you guys want to learn more about the brewery, be sure to hit them up on the social medias and their website. You can find them at Modern Times Burr. Golly, I can't talk today. <laughs> so, I'm totally going to leave this flub in there. I want people to hear it. this is modern a really. <laughs> <So, laughs> you yeah, can find blah. them. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on their website at Modern Times Beer. Hey, second time's a charm on Saturday. So, but really, uh, I'm going to dive into this IPA here, Mike. So, I'm going to, I've got this poured into a pint glass. And, uh, dude, it poured beautifully, uh, minimal head on it, uh, which I like. The color is perfect. It's not really a see-through IPA. This is pretty hazy. The the color is like, it's a gorgeous amber color. Uh, but I'm going to take a minute and drink some of this. I've been holding out here.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, while you're taking a drink, I just finished the Deep my PA. So while you're taking a drink, I'm going to do this.
0: Oh, I love that sound so much.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about it here in a second. But, uh, you know, that was my beer. Um, so the Modern Times is in San Diego, right? Yes. The one <laughs> I'm just sitting here laughing inside, so I gotta just say it. I just remember <laughs> watching Anchorman, which you know it says San Diego, which in German means Wells' vagina or something. Well, I don't remember—is it Wells' vagina or Wells' penis?
0: Yeah, Will Ferrell said it means Wells' vagina in that movie. Yeah.
1: So I, every time somebody says San Diego, I'm like San Diego, Wells' vagina.
0: I'm pretty sure that means Saint Diego.
1: But but you're not Will Ferrell, and this is an Anchorman.
0: That's what you're supposed to say. Agree to disagree. Oh, uh, sorry. Hey, you know
1: what? I, that is my fault. I, you know, that's that's a best friend slip up right
0: there. Hey, it's all good, man. <laughs> I, I apologize. Oh, it's okay. My, my feelings aren't hurt, man.
1: Agree to
0: disagree. So, yeah. So, but dude, this beer, I just took my first drink out of this and holy moly.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Those
0: Simcoe and Amarillo hops come through just like a match made in heaven. Um, after see, I didn't realize this before. I, I should have caught it, but the Amarillo hops. Uh, you know, Amarillo is literally translation for yellow. And I, I really think that speaks to the color and the haziness of this beer. Because, man, oh, man, you get the. So the IBUs on this are light. There's only 50 IBUs, so you don't get the bitters. But the citrus really shines through here in a big way that's crazy enjoyable. Yeah. So for me, it makes sense. This being a West Coast IPA, they tend to not be as hoppy. They're a little more palatable and easier to drink. Uh, But, dude, like I'm really pleasantly surprised with this.
1: So the Amarillo Hops is getting a little bit more popular. I mean, I've seen that a Uh, lot more around, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a, you know, that was an accidental hop, if you will, the yellow. I mean, we talked about that probably eight or nine episodes ago. Uh, But I think as it gets used more and people enjoy it, it's becoming uh, more mainstream, you know, like your Citra hops, uh, your Mosaic hops, uh, some of the other big names. I mean, Amarillo, in my opinion, is catching up to those guys. And for the right reasons, it's wonderful. Again, just my humble opinion. But I'm I'm a fan of Amarillo hops, you know, like I said. This is another you know craft beer. I've had the Amarillo hops, and uh, so far I've liked all of them that I've tried, and it's because yeah. they don't suck. I it's delicious, yeah. So, but the citrusy fruity awesomeness that comes out of this is is fantastic. The aroma is here. It matches. I mean, you get th- those nice grapefruit, tropical fruit. Notes out of this, maybe a, a hint of pineapple uh, or, or apricot, maybe something, maybe more exotic like a papaya. Um, this might be a stretch, but I'm taking another smell here. I'm going to say mango. Maybe I'm crazy, but there might be a bit of mango in that aroma. But it's you just can't a have little mango. spicy. Do what?
1: You can't have a mango.
0: Can't have a mango. Another... Another rock star from SNL here. I think that's the second time I've
1: pulled that reference on here, but I'll, stop. I'll it, it is. Stop.
0: It's all good. No, it's all it's all good, man. You've been an SNL fan as long as I've known you. No, mm. but man, this is not usually something I go for in an IPA, but dude, this is killer. It's
1: killing it, huh? Mm. So, have you, you've been it, to
0: San man. Diego, right? I have several times.
1: there's just something cool about San Diego. Like, I went there to visit a friend, uh, Drew, who was actually um, in the Navy uh, on Coronado Island. So I I went there, I think twice, to hang out. And I just, man, I, I remember going to the farmer's market downtown, which was humongous, right? This is like, I mean, you know, you see farmer's markets around here, and they're, you know. 12 vendors out of the back of their truck and all that which is all cool And I, you know i fully support them i go try to buy stuff and whatnot i remember the farmer's market in san diego was like blocks long but i oh, had the best awesome. breakfast burrito i've ever eaten in my life at the san diego farmer's market it was really good
0: no that's so, awesome you know mike my... yeah, oh go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead
1: no you go you go
0: so, you know, for us on Craft Your Bucket List, tacos are a legit food group. Um, some years ago, I had my first Taco Tuesday experience in downtown San Diego. Oh, yeah?
1: So what
0: was that? And so I was uh, out there for work. And uh, I don't talk about the company I work for my day job, but I worked for one of the global IT giants. I was on a huge government project out there. And uh, we had a team of nerds in San Diego at a federal building. And I was in, I want to say Encinitas. And uh, one of the, the guys that was working for me there says, uh, hey, Ray, do you want to go out for Taco Tuesday? I'm like, "Uh, what's what's Taco Tuesday? Right, like, oh, the answer is always yes there.
1: for Taco Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and it should have been. Like, this was new for me. Mind you, this is probably eight, nine years ago. Now Taco Tuesday for me is a way of life. Uh, but then I just hadn't been enlightened, if you will, to this phenomenon that should exist for all people. Um, but so we we got in a couple of our, our rental cars and we drove down to San Diego and we, you know, being being a Yelp nerd, I looked up a spot and we went into a very highly rated restaurant. And the name of it, I don't remember. But we ran into another team of IT nerds at the same taco spot on a Taco Tuesday. Neither one of us had communicated to each other. We were going out for tacos. But, dude, there was a whole bunch of nerds in there from our company. And we rocked out to some of the most amazing tacos I've ever had. And it literally changed the course of my life because I celebrate Taco Tuesday like 59 times a year. There's only 52 <laughs> Tuesdays. I celebrate at least six to seven more. Don't ask me how I pull it off, but I do. Yeah. Oh, man. So, God bless San Diego.
1: Place so I'm guessing you're going to pair this with a,
0: with a, some tacos. <laughs> all of the tacos. I don't I'm care dying. what kind of taco it is. Soft, crunchy, fat, puffy tacos, pig, fish, chicken, whatever kind of taco you can find, it will go with this beer. Even Taco Bell. Bell. Give them a free plug. I would <laughs> have Taco yeah. Bell and med mad low-end tacos with this beer. This beer is accepting and welcoming and takes all tacos.
1: Fun fact, Mike Um, Bradley, uh, your co-host, worked at Taco Bell as a teenager.
0: I remember that. I think he worked there when we first met when uh, we were seniors in high school. Yeah. Or juniors, whatever it was. Either way, a long time ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so to close this beer out, what would you rate
0: it? Uh, I would give this one an 8.5. And again, this isn't typically what I go for in an IPA. But just the citrusy notes and the way they came through for me really surprised me. You uh, know, this is a more sessionable beer. Uh, this is one I can enjoy several of, and enjoy with dinner. Or uh, I would go out for Taco Tuesday, get some legit tacos, and then hit the drive-through at Taco Bell later and have round two for fourth meal, and uh, have yeah. another one or two of these beers. It's that good.
1: Nice, very
0: good. Yeah. And mango salsa. I think mango salsa is an absolute must in one of your tacos with this beer, Mike. There you I'm going to throw that out there. Solid 8.5. Mango salsa with one of your tacos. And this Telesto from Modern Times. The
1: winning Boom. combination. Boom.
0: Yes. So anyway, Mike, you know, enough enough of me my rambling. Uh, tell me about what you're going to be drinking.
1: So, I've I've had several drinks of this. And I'm gonna start off by saying I'm super impressed.
0: Oh, that's good I, news.
1: Yes. I'm having I'm having the Haze Malay by Tin Brewing, and Tin Roof is out of Baton Rouge. And I actually got to visit Baton Rouge a number of years ago. I was in Baton Rouge, um, I wanna say twenty twelve for the National Outdoor Recreation Conference. Um, it was held there in Baton Rouge. And when, during one of the downtimes, Jody Baker, which you know, uh, Jody and I went to Tin Roof Brewing. He was with me at that conference. Um, so we went to Tin Roof and I thought it was super cool then. So actually Tin Roof Brewing actually started in 2010, but it was like October, November, December, it was late 2010. So when we got there, I think it was in April of 2012, you know, we'll just say it was a couple years old at that point. A year and a half, two years, whatever. Um, They were making really good beers even then. Uh, So they start off uh, as two childhood friends, and they both loved beer. Uh, They wanted to do something together uh, to, you know, create something of their own. And they opened it up uh, in 2010. It's uh, it's in downtown uh, Baton Rouge. Or just outside of the downtown Matin Rouge, I guess you'd say. Uh, and they have a whole variety of beers. This one was given to me by a friend, um, who had no idea that I had been to Tim Roof. Um, and really I don't know, I I don't know if they know my style of beer or not. They're like, Oh, you need to review this on your crap beer bucket list, right? But the Haze Millet, It is like drinking an alcoholic version of orange juice. <laughs> it's that citrusy orangey. So it's um it's it's a juicy IPA, seven point five percent ABV. It says thirty IBUs um somewhere online when I was trying to get some information about it. But this 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 beer will punch you. So they dry hop this beer with five pounds uh, per barrel of Meridian, Eldorado, and Mosaic hops. So it's gonna have a heavy citrus grapefruit. And fruit punch flavor with some other stuff you know with some other citrusy notes in there as well the body on this beer as i'm drinking it is a full like it's not quite full like a big style but it's a full-bodied beer for an ipa dude it tastes delicious i mean it's just really darn good i, I don't know how to really describe the like the overall like my, you know beyond me just rating it right. It just tastes real good. It, Man. Everything about this is just well done.
0: So those uh, citrus notes got you, huh? So that's a really low IBU count for an IPA.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's but. accurate. I couldn't find it. So what, I was, what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, when we look up stuff about these breweries, because when we do this podcast, we're trying beers, and we're trying to talk about them. We also try to feature the brewery, right? We're trying to talk about what makes each brewery special or, you know, something cool about it. We're trying to do something for the brewery because we appreciate the things they're doing and creating these craft beers. But some of these breweries, in all honesty, just don't put enough information out there. So Tin Roof is one of those. Um, And the Modern Times is another one. Like, they've got got these slick websites that tell you, give you a lot of information, but don't tell you their story very well. And that's really disappointing for me because I like to hear the story. You know, not just that two friends started it, but, you know, give us, give us some of those juicy details about what happened, when they happened, stuff like that. You know, so we can kind of, uh, you know, connect it to that storyline or connect to that person or whatever it may be. So I couldn't really find a whole lot about the brewery and also about the, the beer itself. And um, I think from everything I found, you know, it's, it's becoming a more commonly distributed beer, but it started off as a, as a test batch beer. And then it went to a small badge, and now it's you know getting a little bit more traction, uh, probably because of how darn good it is, right? Right. But but if I was gonna, you know, any like, if I, you know, we don't get like specific readings on who listens to the podcast, right? We just get where they're coming from in the United States or elsewhere, how they access it, whether it's through Stitcher or Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. But if there's anybody out there with a brewery. Tell your story. People want to hear it. People want to know. It'll connect you to your audience and to your fans just a little bit more. Um, No matter what the story is, you know, just tell a story. People want to know.
0: I agree 100%. That really speaks to me as a consumer. And that's one of the reasons why I've really turned to Craft beer instead of a lot of the corporate guys because I like a local story. I want that personal story of how somebody got started and the impact they've created on the local community because they chase their dreams. I love that. And I want to do what I can to support that. And I think a lot of our listeners are willing to support that as well.
1: No, absolutely. So overall, I think this, you know, as far as uh, the smell, you know, you get, you get a slight uh, pineapple. I get a slight pineapple type smell from it. And as far as the it taste, it's a very citrusy, grapefruit, orange juice type of flavor like I mentioned up front, um, it's almost like drinking an alcoholic orange juice. I mean, it's in that range. Um, I couldn't drink a lot of these because it's so packed. uh oh, it's flavor forward. But man, just having one of it's—I'm it, almost gone because I've just been keep you know drinking, drinking, drinking as you're talking about your beer and we chat, right? It's that good, you know. Wow. Um, so to me, the only thing I would say about the thirty IBUs. Is for me, it doesn't seem that bitter. And I don't know, so I don't know if the 30 IBU is accurate or not. It could be, because to me, it doesn't seem that bitter. Um, but but again, this isn't my preferred style of beer when I'm out drinking other beers. So overall, I think with this, I would want some kind of, you know, you talk about some mango salsa. I was thinking about that a little bit as I was you know, drinking this when you were talking. It's like having a chicken breast with some different, you know, just a Grilled chicken breast with some different sauces on top, and um, lettuce, and maybe a sprinkle of you know some cheese, and just having it like a chicken breast with that salsa. You know what I mean? Um, I think I would pair this with something like that. Overall, as a non IPA guy, I would probably give this IPA, um, the Haze Malay from Tim Roof. I'd probably give it a nine out of ten. That
0: wow, guy. that's that's crazy. You know, one question yeah. I have for you, Mike. Yeah. If it's that citrus forward, I'm wondering, what's the acidity like?
1: Uh, you know, it, uh, it, to me, it tastes like it is, but I haven't felt it, uh, you, know, you know, with some super uh, you know, acidity, super acidic stuff. Sometimes you'll get that slight heartburn type kind of feeling coming back every now and then, I haven't gotten anything like
0: right. that. What about the carbonation, Mike? That's usually like your thing is the carbonation. You didn't talk about that a whole lot. How is this well carbonated as well for such a high rating?
1: Yeah, so it's, um, I would say if anything, it seems like to me, it's, um, carbonated like an orange soda, so, you know, it's a little bit more carbonated than, to me, than, uh, than most of the beers I drink, but the carbonation works well, I, you know, they could probably even tone it down a smidge and it'd still work well, but the carbonation's fine, um, it, it works well with the taste, it really brings, you know, what they're doing is well honed, obviously, you know, they, they whether this is an accident or experiment that they kept on, you know, perfecting, either way, this is a very well crafted beer. Overall, yeah. Nine out of ten. Mike approved. Man, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. So Mike, Mike, you yeah, right. gotta do this, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You'll yeah. have to forgive me. One question quiz. Sure yeah,
1: sure, yeah.
0: So this brewery is out of Louisiana, so I have a Louisiana question for you here. Yeah. So, we know that the longest bridge over water in the world is in Louisiana. Can you tell me what body of water that bridge crosses?
1: The Pontchartrain.
0: Oh, snap. Mike is one for one. Good job, buddy.
1: Hey, there's a country music song that says, uh, I'd swim the Pontchartrain. I forget who sang it. Uh, Shoot. Yeah. So... You know, as we wrap up, um, I know you're going to do a recap of the beers, but uh, something very sad today is I woke up to, this, to the news that Kenny Rogers had died.
0: Oh, I know, right? That was, what was he, like 81 years old?
1: Yeah. Too too young yeah. to be taken from this world. Right. Um, and I don't know what he was going through. I don't know if it was a sudden thing or, you know, whatever. Um, but, man, I, I remember my mom had the gambler. Uh, record, and I would play it. I love that record. I love the song, but I love that whole record, right? And I would play it all the time, and she just thought it was so funny, you know, that I had latched onto that, and um, as a kid, um, so I've, I've, you know, even from the time, you know, I was old enough to play records on my mom's record player, I was listening to Kenny Rogers, and
0: man, it's just, you know, I can,
1: you know, it's so sad, and I know, Dolly Parton put put out a little video, you know, with her condolences and her thoughts and all that. And it was kind of, uh, you know, got to your heartstrings as well. But, man, overall, you know, I'm very sad. Um, What I'll say is, um, you know, I listen to Kenny Rogers' music as much as I could today. And I'll probably listen to, you know, The Gambler for the next couple of days just to reminisce about my childhood. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And even as a kid, my parents listened to mostly country music. And Kenny Rogers was a staple in our household as well, so that's what, of course one of his you know big marquee songs among many others. Especially his duet with Dolly Parton. I mean, that's just a classic, probably one of the best country duets ever recorded. But yeah, definitely sad news today, man. That's uh, spent a lifetime listening to this guy, so it's uh, sad to lose an icon like that. It's sad to lose anybody, but when somebody you know has had a reach like that and it speaks to you, you know, on a personal level, it's like, dang, man, that sucks. So thoughts uh, and prayers to his family right now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, tell tell us about like, recap our beers for us.
0: I can do that, Mike. So we started off with the IPA from Deep Elm out of Dallas, Texas. I had the Telesto IPA from Modern Times Brewery out of San Diego, and Mike and I got this wrong the first time. I'm scared I'm going to screw it up a second time. Oh my gosh.
1: The Haze Malay IPA from Tin Roof.
0: Yay! Thank you for that. <laughs> and I don't even know if I was going to say that right. It's uh, it's I wanted to say Malay when I first read it, and I wasn't sure if uh, that was accurate or not. So thank you for picking up my slack there, buddy. No,
1: that's all right. We we gave all these beers really good ratings. Um, you know, they all need to go on your list. Um, yeah, I think they're
0: all worthy of that. Right? Do you know why that is, Mike? you're going to tell us because we had another solid lineup
1: (laughs) Uh, solid lineup it's one of my favorite rain lines (laughs) well folks I sincerely appreciate you checking out our podcast we're getting close to the end of season one we're going to wrap it up at episode 25 so we're getting pretty close we've already got plans for season two so we'll be back But uh, overall, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing uh, your stuff on social media with us. We love interacting with everybody. As this COVID-19 thing continues to go on, what I would say is continue supporting your local breweries. They need your help. It's a small, many of them are very small, small businesses that are locally owned. And whether it means getting a six pack to go, buying a gift card, getting a new t-shirt, whatever it means. Make sure you get out and support them, in um, whatever, whatever means necessary or whatever means you can. It means a lot to these breweries. I know when I've gone around the last week or so and picked up a few things. that, You know, you can just see it in their eyes; they're so supportive. And make sure you support the people that are working there. You know, some of those bartenders and staff, uh, whatnot, rely on tips. And you know, right now they're not providing that bar service because you know they can't. So. But they still rely on that as income, so continue to you know tip like you would if you were hanging out for a couple hours and having a couple of beers and whatnot. They sincerely would appreciate it. Overall, uh, I look forward to next episode with Big Ray. We're having a lot of fun, and I thank you each, each and every one of you. It's kind of like um, Steve Martin was like, "I want to thank each and every one of you." Thank you, 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 thank you. So, um, thank you so much, Ray. It's all yours.
0: Yes, indeed, and I've got to echo. What Mike was saying. I mean, we talk about supporting local at the end of every podcast, but now we really need to put that into play. Uh, So many local businesses are are suffering at uh, the hand of the COVID virus and all the things that we're doing to flatten the curve and keep each other safe. So not to drone on, but do what you can to support local business. Keep buying the products that you would buy and absolutely tip an extra dollar or something if you can. Don't break your budget. But, you know, those folks have a family to feed to. And bills to pay so anything we can do to help those guys out like we would any other day man i encourage that i know i'm doing that where i'm at in broken oklahoma i know mike is doing that where he's at in kentucky and we want to encourage you all to do the same but of course you got to stay safe first if it's not safe for you to get out please don't do that but man if you can support local find a way to do that but anyway we'll just move on as normal thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate each and every one of y'all if you would, follow us on social media. We are easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Podcast. Be sure to share with your friends and families. And, of course, look at the breweries that we featured today as well. Hit them up on social media. Give them a like and a share. Drop a comment if you've had their beers. And as always, we always say it, please don't drink and drive and drink local. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Have a great day. Y'all stay safe. Adios. We did it, Mike. We did it. We did a thing. Yeah. All right. So, so that's
1: 23, 24 is going to be. Crappier Bucket List is partially supported by Red Dirt LLC. Red Dirt is a parks, recreation, and tourism services agency with the goal to provide the tools, information, and leadership to help guide, plan and market your organization or business. Red Dirt provides media management, photography and videography, research and analysis, and overall management for excursions and experiences for your agency. Visit reddirt.us.